Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. This particular episode is for the parents who are struggling and in a particular way of struggling. This podcast is for the parents who are struggling to understand how to support one of their particular children, maybe multiple of their children, depending on how many you have. This doesn't mean this is only for the parents who have a child with a disability or a diagnosed disorder. This is for those parents as well as for the parents who have a child who maybe doesn't have a diagnosis and maybe on the cusp of Maybe something's going on, but maybe something's not. But this one's told you this and this one's told you that and you just don't understand. Or maybe it's the parent who your child's really young and your child's struggling and the teacher is telling you that your child's having some behavioral issues or difficulty focusing and attending or your child is struggling at home and they're keeping it together at school, but yet you're not quite sure that there is any need for a diagnosis. This is for the parent who is struggling with a child, and that is the bottom line, no matter diagnosis or not. The reason I'm doing this podcast is because I've been there. I do not talk about my children, and I don't intend on doing that in this podcast simply because who they are and their own stories are for them to tell one day. And while many people blank out their children's faces on social media, I don't do that. I let you all see who my kiddos are because they're really stinking cute. But I share with you little things in terms of how they're doing from grieving the loss of Jonathan or maybe the difference between Eli and Charlie because, oh boy, are they different in so many different ways, like body type and all, curly hair, straight hair, like it's crazy. But I do want you to know that I've been there and I was laying in bed last night and I'm not going to get choked up. I probably will. But I was laying in bed last night texting. Actually, I was texting with Lindsay, who we just had on the podcast. And she had said, oh, Brooke, Izzy's teacher just messaged me again. And it's such a roller coaster and you know there he's doing behaviors that are not acceptable in the school and all the different things he's making you know not great choices 
And she said, this is just such a roller coaster of emotions. And as we talked about in the podcast, Izzy is young. And she did ask on the podcast if she should consider getting him tested. And my response to that was, that's your choice. And that's a personal preference of a parent. Whether you decide to get testing done or not, your child is still your child. A diagnosis does not mean anything different than they are still who they are. I can't stand the labels of diagnosis because most of them are attached to the word disorder. And my personal belief is if we are trying to build such an inclusive world these days, why are we still delivering out titles that have the word disorder roped into them? My personal opinion and belief system is that every single one of our brains functions differently. And we are all in this belief that there is some type of a norm and then not a norm. But if we looked at the system differently and said all of our brains function differently, we all need different things and we should all maybe set the education system up differently based on different learners and based on different brains. And maybe if we were more accepting of those brains, then we would have a more accepting world. And in my opinion, more of an acceptance of functioning different and individually, therefore having more overall mental health because you're not ripping yourself apart thinking you're different and you're broken or you're disordered. So I want to speak to you today in terms of if you are on that roller coaster, and I have been on it for many, many, many different reasons, and I know what it's like. I know what it's like to feel the high of such wins, and I know what it's like to feel the lows of such worry. My mom used to always say that you are doing as well as your least happy child. And I don't necessarily feel that it has to do with happiness, but gosh, I think about that phrase a lot. And as a parent, I think you know that to be true, that we care so much about our children. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. This is like batshit crazy. We care so much about our children that if they are struggling, we are struggling. I am simply here to validate all of that for you because I just don't think that it's discussed enough. I have three coaches on my team, Brittany, Maria, and Emily, and myself. And at moments, all four of our children struggle for different reasons. And we all lean on each other and we all learn from each other and I continue teaching them. But as long as we have been together as a team and they have been on my staff, one of us is always feeling heavy based on how our children are doing. And it could be during the school year. It could be during the summer depending on how our kiddos do. It could be during vacation. A lot of times I hear from parents, clients, 
that their children struggle on vacation and it's exhausting because you just wanted to go have a wonderful time. And sometimes we get these moments where we see their struggle and we as parents are allowed to have emotions and feelings about our children struggling. Maybe it's frustration because you're thinking to yourself, gosh, why can't they just get it together already? That's an okay thought to have. Doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means you're frustrated. Maybe it's anger because they're really, really strong-headed and stubborn and you're trying to work on something and they, <laughs> they're pushing you to the limits. Maybe you're sad because for a glimpse, you truly see the struggles, maybe how different they are, or maybe how much they struggle or how hard of a time they are having. Maybe you're sad because you just wish things were different. Maybe there's a mourning process and a longing and a wish that your child was different than they actually are. That's okay too. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. And I'm saying all of these things to you as someone who has heard these exact phrases from many different parents. And I do feel that we hide our own feelings and even shame them because we think we shouldn't feel that way. I'm warning you, I'm going to get choked up during this part. But just as I have had to mourn the loss of the parent that I no longer get to be in terms of just the emotional feminine caregiver, I still continue to this day to mourn. Even as my kids get older and I have to like step it up a notch to be like, all right, we need a little bit more respect here. <laughs> like, like, nope, mom doesn't particularly love that. So mom's got to, you know, pull her bootstraps up and like, whoo, next level. Like, let, let's go here. And I have had to teach my children how to respect me as a female when I don't have, as I did, a male in the house anymore. And just like I've had to mourn the loss for me of how things have changed for me, I've had to mourn the loss of a picture and a story of a life that I thought I was going to have of something I thought I was creating, something I built selfishly in my own brain of how I thought this would go. And I have had to mourn the loss of that story and support my children when they do struggle and show up for them. Even when I am emotionally needing to support myself, I am a team player in every sense of the word when it comes to my children whether it's with my partner, my current partner, or Lolo, my nanny, or the teachers at school, I will step in and support however I can. I want my children to know that I'm there for them, but it doesn't come without its own set of emotions as a parent. And that's really the message I wanna get across today. It's okay to have worries, it's okay to watch your ch child struggle. It's okay to mourn the loss of who you wish your child was or who you longed for them to be or who you know they are deep down inside, yet it's just not quite coming out at the moment. Or 
you know they're so loving and caring, but they're just simply ripping things apart at school. Like whatever it is, it is okay to feel it. And I want you to know so desperately you're not alone. You know, I often work with a lot of parents who, and parents who come to the Thrive or join the Thrive program, who their kiddo is dealing with some stuff, if you will, maybe sensory issues. But it's not, like I said, like it's not quite enough. Those kiddos who don't quite have a diagnosis or don't quite need one or or maybe it is just sensory issues and things going on, sensory sensitivities rather than let's call them issues, right? Maybe they're struggling to sit in their class and the teacher's saying they possibly have ADHD, like whatever the thing is. But I, I find that I often work with a lot of parents who their kids are like right on the cusp of they're brilliant and they're sensitive and they're loving and caring and leaders and their brains are just absolutely brilliant, yet they struggle in certain ways where if you were at a play date or a birthday party, you would never know that that child may have stuff going on at home. But at home, it's a different story. And those particular parents that I work with, they get fielded a lot of advice, if you will, of like, oh, we're struggling, oh, this and that, like they'll share, but then they get fielded a ton of advice. I'm like, no, 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 like you don't understand. Like you'd have to live in our home or be in our home to actually see truly what's going on. Maybe certain close, close friends do really see because they're with you enough. But I do find that those particular parents, very similar to like Lindsay was saying, like it's a roller coaster because it's like, we're so close, yet we're, we're so close, yet we're not quite there. And you see glimpses, right? I also see a lot of parents who are like, when we get there, like we're going to get there. And that's where that grief and mourning process comes in of longing for your child to be the thing or like the something, right? Or like longing for them to be there, right? Because maybe we thought that we could find the solution and fix this. I have told you before that I was diagnosed with ADD when we had it back then in third grade. And I very much believe that if sensory processing disorder was a disorder back then, like if it was in the DSM, I'm very curious of if I would have gotten that. Because now that I know my nervous system and I've done so much work and rewiring and shifting and healing of that nervous system that I wouldn't say that I necessarily have sensory processing disorder anymore, but I'm just curious as a little child who didn't have the ability to, to rein in or get a hold of, of her sensory system. I'm curious if that would have shown up very, very curious who will never know. Right. But I understand that simply because of how I've shown up as an adult, because those things followed me from childhood into adulthood that I supported and recognized and managed and healed. And I've done all the work on myself, just like I support you in teaching you how to do all the work. And we build this idea that we as parents can 
find the solution and fix. Because again, when your child is struggling, you're going to feel it. It's just natural. And so we want to not feel so icky anymore. And so we want to find the thing. Nine times out of, out of 10, the thing that's needed is consistency and time. And that sucks. It sucks because we don't want to rush time. We don't want to rush through our life. We don't want to rush through our children's lives. We want to enjoy and experience all that there is to do and see and experience with them. But it's also hard to see them struggle at times. And so we want to speed up the process to see if we can get there. But if I'm any indication of I got quote there, <laughs> if you, I mean, I'm still supporting myself and I, I live and breathe this work every day, right? Like getting there, I'm not quite sure exists. So what we have to do is release that. Is that easy to do? No, that's why I'm calling it a morning process. That's why I'm telling you it's okay to feel all the feels. It's okay to have a down day. It's okay to have a down week. It's okay to share with your partner or your loved ones or your friends or family that you are struggling because your maybe child is struggling. But find someone who will listen and hold space for that listening rather than feeding you with all that, well, maybe try this and try that because that's not we just need you to feel validated. And that's what I'm wanting this to be, is just a simple reminder that it's okay to feel those things and save this podcast on the days where you're feeling it and on the days where your children are struggling and on the days where you feel like it's never going to get better or on the days where it feels like it's going to be like this forever or the days that you're worried. Save this and listen to this again. Because I want you to hear that it's not just you. I want you to know that it's me and that it's many other parents with whom I've worked with and who I currently work with. And the most important thing you can do is not push those feelings away and not shame those feelings, but to actually feel those feelings. Because the more you feel them, the less that trigger will happen because you're healing the trigger by saying, okay, I'm dealing with this now and feeling the feelings now rather than pushing it away. I asked my incredible client the other day, she was struggling, not because her kiddos were struggling, but she was just having a hard Monday. Her kiddos were actually doing pretty darn great this past weekend and she was up on a high. And then Monday we had our call and she wasn't doing very well and she started crying and I told her, of course, it's okay to let that out and cry. And we moved through some of the steps of how do you feel and where do you feel it in your body and what do you need? And one of the things she said she needed was, she said, well, maybe if I stop talking about it and I go get my to-do list done. And I said, okay, maybe that would help. I said, this is an experiential learning process. So you're going to take that hypothesis, you're going to try it out, and then you're going to see how you feel after. And her feelings were sadness and frustration and tired. And I questioned her a little bit on, do you think that if you're tired and sad, usually when you're tired and sad, you feel like kind of heavy. So I said, do you think that by doing more, that will replenish your nervous system, that will 
support your nervous system? And she said, I don't know, maybe. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Maybe. And I said, how does it feel when I say, or you could not do the to-do list because your brain has not been in a place where you've been able to do it today. You're pushing it off because you are feeling these feelings and then you're being down on yourself because you haven't gotten any work done. What if you just give in to the feelings? What if you just go rest or go to a yoga class or get a hot tea with a book or like, and we talked about maybe some things that would be supportive to her, right? And in a little bit more of a nurturing way, not a logic brain task oriented way. And she said, I think I do too much of that. And I said, okay, that might be your brain in freeze mode, right? Because she is an incredible woman who just go, 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 go. She's a beast. She's awesome. She's a badass. And that's the way her brain is patterned to just keep going, keep functioning, pushing through. And we finally got through the conversation for her to say, well, then I would feel lazy. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. That's probably 90% of the time why we don't allow ourselves to feel the feelings or have hard days is because of the story that comes up when we do cater and foster and support our needs. But by doing old patterns of just continuing to go, 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 we're fostering that same story. We're fostering that same pattern within our brain. Instead, what we can do is break, break that cycle, feel the discomfort and quote laziness, allow yourself to feel the feelings, but also put gas back in the tank and see how you feel the next day. And if you don't feel great, maybe do it again. Now, I'm not saying you can always like say, F it, I'm not going to work. My child is struggling. I need a personal day. Of course, we can't always do that. But the point of sharing with you this story is that I don't want you to continue pushing through when there are emotions that need addressing, when there are feelings that need healing, when there is regulation that is necessary. You got two options as I see it. And honestly, what I see patterning wise from a lot of the clients that I work with. Example, child struggling, you got to email home from school. You can start spinning in your brain spiraling in your brain, going through all the different emotions in your brain of like, oh my gosh, they're not going to graduate or they're going to get kicked out of school or whatever the, the catastrophizing story is that you start building in your head. Okay. Maybe you start snapping at your kids because you're so frustrated that they're not doing well. And, and that's just how it comes out. Maybe you start to do more. Maybe you start doing some rage cleaning. Maybe you start snapping at your partner. Maybe you're starting to get annoyed with everyone in your family. Maybe you kind of push yourself away, get a little distant and disconnected because all of the stuff going on in your brain. And then you've formed a disconnect from your children, from your partner. And you're just on an island by yourself trying to manage it all, do it all and push away at the same time these stories. But yet, you know, they're still rumbling in your brain. The other option is to honor and recognize that those feelings are happening, to share with your kids, hey, I feel a little sad today. I just wanted to let you guys know it has nothing to do with you. 
because we don't want them to take it on. Even if you're sad because of the circumstance with their, with your child, your own feelings have nothing to do with them. It's just your own feelings, right? So we want to validate and let them know it has nothing to do with you. I just need you to know this is where I'm at for the day. I want you to share that with your partner. I want you to share how you're feeling. I want you to share the heaviness. I want you to share that you have these feelings. I want you to slow down rather than speed up. I'm going to say that again. I want you to slow down rather than speed up. Because the slowing down is what is very nurturing to your brain and nervous system and supportive to your nervous system while you're moving through either the fear or the worry or the frustration or sadness, whatever it is that you're feeling from your children that day. But if you speed up, you're still going to have those emotions. You're just wiring your brain to move into that fight or flight state and pattern it to be the chronic doer, the over-functioning human while still having those fears and doubts and whatever is going on with you. It is okay to slow down. It is okay to feel lazy. It won't always feel that way. In the beginning, it might. What I often do is allow myself to have whatever feelings I'm having and then remind myself how resilient I have been. I remind myself that even though school was not easy for me, I remind myself that even though my husband took his own life. I remind myself that even though I had preemies and terrible pregnancies and that, you know, I, I have zero family in this city or like whatever it is that I'm moving through that day, right? Like I remind myself that I still get up every day and I support myself and I know how to take care of myself and I know how to mentally support my brain function. And mentally supporting your brain function, in my opinion, is true resiliency. And so I remind myself that my children are seeing that as a model. And I know that they're resilient humans. And they will get through this. And I have to remind myself that Rome wasn't built in a day. I know I say that phrase a lot. i got to figure out a new one. But it's true. And so I say, okay, let's see how it is in two weeks. I used to have these deadlines of like, oh my God, it's the end of the day. Like I don't have those anymore. I look out to the end of the year or a, a month from now or a few weeks from now, my brain is able to say, let's just let this settle. Like, let's just let this sit for a little. We're going to get through this rough patch. Like this is not always going to be like this. And the stress and weight that takes off has just been life-changing. But for today, if you are listening to this on a day when you needed it, or you've come back to this podcast and you saved it, and you're listening to this because you're feeling exactly all the things that I have said today, but maybe you haven't realized how to put it into words, or maybe you haven't allowed yourself to fully feel those emotions, or maybe you haven't given yourself the permission to just validate that sometimes this shit's hard and you're exhausted, and you're tired, I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know it's okay to feel those feelings. And I want you to know that you are not the only parent on the roller coaster. If you need more support, the team and I would love to support you. We would love to support your child into 
learning how to regulate. We'd love to support you. But if that's not the route you want to take, just keep listening to this damn podcast over and over (laughs) until you believe it. So until next time, take care of yourself. And I see you. And you've got this. XOXO, Dr. B.